Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast this week. We are here with a very exciting guest that I'm sure all of our listeners have been waiting for since I bring her up on every single episode. Um, My best friend, Brittany Chow, is here with us. And we're so excited to have you. Welcome, Brittany. Hi, Brittany. So excited to be here. Brittany went to grad school with us. So that's how she knows me and Izzy as well. So Brittany, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Brittany, obviously introduced by the both of you. Um, I'm a speech language pathologist. I'm currently working per diem at a hospital here in Los Angeles. I also work part-time at a private practice clinic where I work mainly with pediatrics. Um, And then my newest current project is I'm working on kind of setting up my own private practice right now, um, Bright Outcome Speech Therapy. Um, And then I guess the most, you know, recent exciting thing that's happened to me was that I just got married Um, and now just kind of navigating married life with my husband. So that's been an adventure for sure. Yay. Congratulations. I mean, I was there, but (laughs) thank you. Um, So the topic for today is friendships. So Brittany, why are friendships important to you? So I think Esty, you probably understand how important friendships are to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Majority of people would. Um, But I think it stems from my strange relationships with my family growing up as a child. And so to not go into too much detail about that, I think the impact of these relationships ended up having me become a little bit more codependent on my friendships. And so to me, my friendships have become my family. And so they hold a lot more weight to me, I think, than maybe the average person. And so I've had to navigate through life, um, really trying to um, understand how these friendships have shaped me, um, how to kind of become a little bit less dependent on them, and then also trying to nurture my own happiness um, throughout it all. So um, I was really excited to be, you know, asked to be on the podcast and talk about friendships just because I could honestly talk about them all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like when people do have difficult relationships with their family, it's nice that you can choose your own family through your friendships, you know? Absolutely. Um, and I think I've come to a place where I feel very blessed to have made the friendships that I have at this point in my life. And I honestly don't know where I'd be without them. So definitely shout out to all of my, my closest, wonderful, beautiful friends that have helped me along my journey. Mm -hmm. And you've definitely taught me how to be a better friend. So You're the perfect person for this topic, definitely. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Mm, Yeah, so interesting. I know for myself, I've had to go through so much learning when it comes to friendship because it doesn't just come naturally. You know, connection sort of comes naturally, but not like how to truly be a good friend and how to Mm. 
take care of your own emotions and also, you know, be there to support others. So I'm really excited to hear more about your experience. So I'd love to know what has been your experience with friendships across your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was telling Esty even before, you know, going on the podcast, I was like, I need to put my life lessons that I've learned from my friendships into points because there are so many things when it comes to friendship to consider, right? But really boiling it down to like a few main points, I think these are the lessons that um, have really carried me um, in terms of understanding what a healthy friendship looks like. So I'm going to just dive right in into these five points. And then of course, feel free to jump in if you have um, comments to make on those. Um, But the first one I'm going to talk about is just, you know, as we get older, we start to shed parts of ourselves that have been shaped by societal pressures, right? That have been shaped by traumas or certain experiences. And when we become our own individual people, we start to take a look at our friendships and ask ourselves, you know, is this person still serving the same purpose that they did initially when we first met, right? And it's a hard thing, I think, to have to ask yourself that question um, because I think friendships, you don't want to look at them as like, okay, well, you know, I've grown tired of them or, you know, something like that, like they're meant to be replaced, but it's more of, you know, your priorities change as you get older and certain parts of you that you've now shed, you no longer identify with them at that point. And then those friends are also going through the same process. Right. And so, you know, I think it's normal to then grieve those friends that, that you lose. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're never going to come back to you. Um, but it also doesn't make you a bad person, right? At the end of the day, um, to no longer feel like those friendships essentially fill your cup is what I say the way that they did before. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a really good example of this would be, you know, between SD and I, we have gone through a really rough patch in our friendship right? Where we weren't sure if we were going to remain like close friends as we did before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somewhere along the way, we ended up, you know, resolving things and now we're closer than ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at a point in our lives, I think both Essie and I, and Essie, correct me if I'm wrong, we were both kind of like, you know what, maybe this is a friendship that is now it came and now it's going right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think both of us took it very hard, right? That separation. Mm-hmm. Between. Um, but then it's it's a part of life, right? Um, and it's kind of just looking forward to, okay, now who else am I going to meet now that I now then identify with, with this new version of me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to say me and Izzy have actually recorded an episode that we have not put out yet, basically about disconnections. And I talk about what you and I went through and how difficult that was and how we were at a point where we were kind of like, okay, well, it's, it's time to move on. Right. And then through like really vulnerable conversations and experiences, like we were able to come back stronger, just like you said. Um, What I'm trying to say is like, it took a lot of work from us, but like it, like it was worth it 
not to say that like some friendships are not worth it, but like, I'm sure there was a point in time where, no, I know there was a point in time where you were trying harder than I was. And so it would have been completely understandable for you to just like move on and then, you know, vice versa. And so if you can never get on that same page of like, okay, I'm going to be really, really vulnerable and I'm going to allow this person to be really vulnerable. And then I'm going to do the work to like make it a stronger connection and like reconnect. Um, and I've had friendships that like, we never got to that point of reconnecting. So yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know how to sum that all up, but it's like, I think both paths are okay. I, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think even your friendship with Izzy is like a great example of people serving different purposes in your life at different times. Right. Mm-hmm. We all met in grad school together and we were different people in grad school. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you know, Izzy, like we obviously were acquaintances, we were friends in grad school, we were never, you know, all three of us were never, you know, super close friends that hung out all the time together. Right. And then look at you both now, like you have a podcast together, you're living in the same city, right. Mm -hmm. Out every single weekend. I think that's, that's honestly incredible. Mm -hmm. I know we talk about that all the time of like, if we would like, if we would have told our grad school selves, like, oh, in a couple of years, you're going to be living in Monterey and you're going to be doing this for work and you're going to have a podcast with each other would have been like so surprised, but also like, I don't know. I feel like we did always have like that, like friendship and that openness, but then the circumstances that really like brought us really closer kind of like happened. I don't know if it's like destined. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that even just on my way over here, it's like, I just feel like where I've been from graduate school to now is just a good like life lesson to realize that there's some things you can never plan for, you know, Mm -hmm. and the highs and the lows that I've experienced since then, like I, I couldn't have planned for, I could never have forced like, like, I always kind of thought that I wanted to have a podcast, but Mm -hmm. when you approached me about it, it was just like, wasn't even on my radar at that time. And Mm -hmm. so I could have never like forced my way into having a podcast it just like happened so beautifully and then has you know cultivated such a connection with us so it's just Mm -hmm. been like it's been so wonderful so I I think it's a good lesson for like things will evolve things will change Mm -hmm. and you really can't like force it that hard Mm -hmm. you know right and then also just like on the topic of friendships coming and going um I wonder if you guys had this experience too of just kind of like COVID like really um you know, like kind of like sculpting down your friend group a little mm. bit. Like, I think I went into COVID having like a really big friend group. And then like, just due to like, you really had to prioritize those like two to three people you were actually going to see because you couldn't like have a bigger group than like eight people at once. Like you mm-hmm. literally like had to kind of like shave down your friend group. And I remember being invited to weddings pre COVID and then post COVID, like when they delayed their wedding by two years, I was like, wow, I feel so awkward going to their wedding because like we're not even in each other's lives at Mm -hmm. all anymore. Mm -hmm. So did you guys have that experience? I think that's kind of one people can relate to like COVID altering who you're friends with and who you prioritize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, during COVID. So I actually had, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure in some sense I did, I did experience that. I'm sure there were connections that kind of like fell by the wayside because of COVID. But um, when COVID happened, I had 
six months before COVID happened, I moved to Santa Cruz and I didn't know anybody. So I already had like a very small circle of friends in, in Santa Cruz at the time. Um, like literally it was like one, one group of people. And then I also had, um, a coworker that I was friends with that, like we did end up hanging out during COVID, like, you know, when we could safely. Um, but yeah, so I, but I wonder if it did affect like my long distance friendships during that time. Um, but then again, it, it gave me more time to like jump on a FaceTime call with my friends in Texas or, um, you know, keep up with Brittany who was in San Diego at the time. So, so yeah, I think I had a different experience with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely that experience makes sense too, right? Mm-hmm. Like we had more time to really cultivate mm-hmm. our close friendships. Yeah. But I'm sure like if you were in the same city as people and you knew a bunch of people, that does make sense that like you would kind of have to pare it down a lot. Yeah. Like kind of those people that you, like for me that I wasn't like hundred percent super close with like one-on-one, like more mm-hmm. of those like group style friends. Mm-hmm. Like those are the friends that like kind of just became like less and less like, mm-hmm. close to me. Still, I'll love all those people. Like no yeah. shade if any of them are listening. Like mm-hmm. thank you and no shade. But I think we can all like all of us in that friend group could kind of agree that that's how it happened. Yeah, and that makes sense. There are people like when you have a large friend group, there's people that you see a lot based on like proximity. But then if you don't have that like personal connection with them. On that note, SC, I think my second life lesson is definitely quality over quantity, Mm -hmm. right? Mm. Um, Going back to, you know, I don't think we should be made to feel bad when we get to a point in life where we really want to stop and ask ourselves, like, is that friendship filling you up? Yes or no. And just because they don't fill up your cup necessarily doesn't mean that they're not able to fill up other people's cups right? Because it goes back to, you know, you, you identify with people based off of where you are at that point in life or who mm-hmm. you become at that point in life, right? Um, and I think a lot of people sometimes forget that you have the power to then choose your people, right? That mm-hmm. you want to surround yourself with. Um, I was watching a TikTok video last night and there was a quote that this, um, this woman read from a book and it said, once we love ourselves, people no longer look good to us unless they are good for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think when it comes to big moments and I've, I've gone through this recently because I just got married. I'm currently planning my bachelorette. Right. I think just like during COVID, you kind of start to see which friends have the same definition of friendship that you do. Right. Um, as to you were kind of talking about how, you know, when we went through a rough patch, it was kind of like we made that conscious effort of continuing to remain vulnerable. And we decided to take that risk of seeing like, is there something left of this friendship to salvage, right? Can we make mm-hmm. it back to where we were before? Mm-hmm. That being said, I truly think that friendships are very much like making an investment, right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, when we think about finance, we think about money, we choose our investments based off of whether or not they're going to yield us the highest profit, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you meet someone for the first time, you don't know if you're going to get that same effort reciprocated, right? You just don't know. So you take that risk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't always get the greatest return, but then that ends up being 
ultimately a life lesson for you in terms of, wow, okay, now I know that that person didn't fill my cup the way that I wanted to. I now know what I'm looking for, right? Um, and you get smarter with, just like you get smarter with investments over time, you get smarter with friendships over time, right? Um, I think what you put into a friendship when you find that right person is what you get out of it as well. So, you know, when it comes to friendships, you don't want to assume that friendships are just going to happen organically. You really want to put in that effort, right? When I first met you, SD, I think we were completely, um, in a different place emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and what I did was I, I saw that I recognized that and I opened that door for those vulnerable conversations mm -hmm. and look where we are now. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's because we kept filling each other's cup constantly throughout our friendship. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that I feel like we have been able to cultivate such a meaningful friendship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you have been there for my big moments. And so now I know what I'm looking for. I don't want to settle for less. Mm -hmm. And that's okay mm -hmm. to it that way, right? Yeah. When you're not wasting your time. You're not wasting their time, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know. I don't think you should feel bad if that's, mm -hmm. you know, your perspective on friendships. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I've always found it so interesting, like what my wedding party would look like mm -hmm. at like 23 versus like what it would look like at like 33, you mm -hmm. know, the time I maybe get married. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, it is interesting, you know, as you get older, you, you really narrowed down on those people that are yeah. super important to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, and I was going to say, you know, on that note, then there's the other side of it, right? Where it's like, yes, you want to think about quality when it comes to friends, but you also want to be understanding that there are different definitions of friendships, mm -hmm. right? I think for a long time, I went through life thinking that I had the gold standard of what a good friend meant, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's always that person that gave like 110%, you know, and then expected the same return every time. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't, I would, you know, take it really personally and, you know, and almost take it as if it was intentional, mm -hmm. right? That effort wasn't reciprocated. Um, and then over the years, I realized that my 100% may not look the same as someone else's 100%. And mm -hmm. that's okay, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. uh, giving that person that grace mm -hmm. you know, on one of your podcasts, SD, you had talked about, you know, getting that diagnosis of ADHD and then how it then impacted our friendship, right? Because mm -hmm. for a long time it was, you know, me wondering why, you know, you're not responding right away or, you know, things like that. And then mm -hmm. find that it was like everything just kind of clicked into place. And I think that was a really big wake up call for me because mm -hmm. that's when I realized SD was giving me her 100%. And maybe she was giving me even more than that, but I wasn't able to recognize that at that mm -hmm. point. Right. And our friendship, unfortunately, took that hit. Mm hmm. No, I remember us being sitting in class in grad school and we're on our little like iMessage on our computers and we're like in a fight because I didn't text you back or something like that. Um, and yeah, that actually was the point I thought of and I forgot is that there are like people do have differences. And like if you look at me and Brittany, like we're very different people when it comes to like um, like 
I don't know, I was going to say organizational skills, but it's like, it's more than that. It's like, we're just very different when it comes to like how we are and even how we think about certain things, but we have mostly like all of the same values, but yeah, it like looks different from both of us. And so I think we both had to like learn that about each other and accept that, you know, that like, it's going to look different, but they're still giving that like effort, you know, but then also like adjusting of like, you know, when, when we used to get into like little arguments over that, then I would have to be like, okay, like I really need to make an effort to, you know, make Brittany feel like I hear her and that I'm like paying attention and like, you know, I, I need to like make that extra effort to text her back, you know, even if maybe I'm super tired at the end of the day or something, but like knowing that the other person, um, has like a different perception of it. Like not to say that you need to like change yourself, but like it is an effort on both people's ends. Like it should never be like a one-sided, okay, we're going to make this work because you're going to just accept less than what you need or like you're going to change your communication style. Yeah. It's like, it's like adjusting and accepting people where they are, but then also making that effort to like meet their needs, you know? Yeah, no, I, I a hundred percent see what you're saying because Mm -hmm. like Brittany, what you had said, like, I feel like had I realized people had different definitions of trying and friendship, like early on in life, I could have saved myself so much pain and like heartache. Cause same as you, Brittany, like I would give people like what I viewed to be as a friendship. And then when I didn't get like those same like verbal confirmations back kind of thing, like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's like, okay. Like, I guess people just don't care about me. Right. But then, yeah, I was thinking exactly what you were saying, SD, like, you have like, there's that balance between understanding other people's like friendship languages almost, Mm -hmm. but then like also honoring, like, no, this person actually can't like give me what I need, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And like, okay, then I shouldn't pour invest as much into that person if they really can't like meet my needs. Mm -hmm. Right. So kind of that balance. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. It's It's so complicated. And that's, and that's why I say friendships are like investments, right? Like, from a, like just looking, thinking of the word investments in itself, looking at like the stock market and like finance and all those things. It's like a mess, right? For someone mm-hmm. with no financial background, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh my gosh, it's just muddy water. But friendships are, are almost the same way. You go into it thinking that maybe this person's going to be like this and then it might end up being something entirely different, mm-hmm. you know, in a positive direction or in a negative direction, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think, the other part of it is understanding that at the end of the day, and this is probably one of the hardest lessons that I've had to learn up until this point in my life, which is your happiness is not the responsibility of your friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your friends don't owe you anything, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, who's going to take care of you if you're not taking care of you? And everyone is in that same boat right? They're taking care of their own needs. You need to take care of your own needs, right? Mm -hmm. And when you aren't able to then nurture your own soul, you end up depending on people that don't have that capacity to keep refilling your cup for you whenever you need them to, right? An example of this would be like, I am a very sensitive person. Sometimes I take things really personally. um, And I forget that, you know, everyone's kind of living their own life. Right. And I kind of just need to wake up and remind myself, like the world doesn't revolve around me. And that's a hard thing to admit and acknowledge because 
you know, on one end, you're like, well, I need my needs met and I don't want to settle for less. And I know my worth. And then the other side of it is, well, wait a second, you know, let's take a step back and ask ourselves, why was I so triggered by my friend's actions or words? Is there something that's more deeply rooted than that? Right. A really good example would be, um, I think a common problem is, you know, somewhat you got friend a who's initiating all the hangouts and you've got friend b who is willing to always you know she's always down she says yes every single time but she doesn't necessarily maybe ask you to hang out first right and friend a is thinking initial reaction you know why am i always the one putting in that effort right i feel unappreciated i feel you know unacknowledged for the efforts that i'm putting into that friendship and this is something that has happened to me before in the past. And so I had, I really had to take a step back and I asked myself, you know, you know, yes, one part of it is that I feel the effort's not being reciprocated, right? But then there's other parts of it. Like then I see them hanging out with someone else and they post it on their Instagram story. And I immediately, I feel like a pang of jealousy. And then I realize, oh, wait a second. Part of it is insecurity actually right? It's me thinking like, oh, well, when she doesn't hang out with me, it means that she, if she doesn't ask me to hang out with her, it means that she doesn't like me, or it means that she wants to hang out with someone else other than me. And they're more fun, right? That's one part of it. Another part of it is feeling this need of, I need to maintain a good social life because that's what society says is the right thing to do is keep up with all of these friendships and also have a really great career, but also sleep and eat well and exercise. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I put these own expectations upon myself, unable to then set boundaries where I say, you know what? No, I can't hang out this, this weekend because I have things to do. And because I'm not able to then put up those boundaries, I get upset that my friend who maybe does have good boundaries and that's why she's not asking me to hang out every single time, right? I'm essentially kind of almost projecting, right? At that mm -hmm. point, mm -hmm. right? So in reality, there's, there's so many other reasons for why you are actually triggered by that action. And we really want to think about those before we decide, you know what, this person isn't filling my cup. I could be with a friend that asks me to hang out more, right? It's going back to, yes, it's, it's a really complicated journey to, to navigate. Uh, but then I think the key is to then having those open and vulnerable conversations of, you know what, I, I am, you know, frustrated that this happened, but I think it's also because of X, Y, Z and I'm working on it. But if I do end up showing like some sort of frustration or I say something to you um, and you don't quite agree with that, let me know. Right. Cause I know that I need to keep my emotions in check as well. Right. And mm -hmm. we, we are both people with different needs at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Brittany, you're so good at this. Oh, like, <laughs> I'm just like amazed. Like you really have this demeanor that reminds me of like, yeah, like a therapist, an expert. And I'm envisioning you in the therapy room with the patients and just how great you are probably at education and counseling and all that piece. And it's, yeah, really amazing. Oh my God, I appreciate that so much <laughs> because at work, my coworker says all the time, she's like, I think your greatest strength has always been. And I even see it. It's just like parent education. And then just like that counseling piece of it, mm -hmm. it seems like you really just light up when you talk about that specific domain. And I think that's always been the case my entire life. 
just which is why I've always played like therapist or life coach to my friends, right? My mm-hmm. entire yeah. life. So that makes yeah. sense. You're really perceptive about it. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say this is making me think of when I first met Brittany. I was so intimidated by her. And we all moved into a house with two of our other classmates. <laughs> and I remember it was like the first night that we were like all together in the house. And Brittany is like, okay, let's get to know each other. And I was like, oh, okay. Like we'll talk about our favorite TV shows or whatever. And Brittany starts asking all of these like super deep questions. And I think we were all like <laughs> stunned. <laughs> and she's like, okay, so what has been everybody's most vulnerable moment in their life? <laughs> That's amazing. That's the kind of friendship like I crave. And yeah, I think yeah. you are very much that friend mm-hmm. too. Like, but oh, I love awesome. like you guys are talking about friendships on this podcast because it's the key to connection, right? Yeah. Yes, we, absolutely. In life, all three of us can agree that opening that door to those deep conversations right off the bat kind of helps you then understand like, is this again the right investment for me, right? In terms of mm. a friendship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's hard to then knock on that door in the first place and then open it, right? Because yeah. it does take a sense of vulnerability and to put yourself out there, mm-hmm. right? Knowing mm-hmm. that, and like I said, the return may not be the greatest from that person. Yeah. But then even if that person maybe isn't on your level, aka me at the time, <laughs> like, and, and maybe this is just me. I'm sure a lot of people do this as well, but I feel like me, like I learn from example from a lot of relationships. So like you opening up and being vulnerable made me feel comfortable to open up and be vulnerable. So then I like met you there and it's like learning like from observing and like witnessing people doing that. So, so yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, it is like the key to connection because there's going to be some people who are going to like see your vulnerability and then like meet you there. And then there's going to be other people who just can't, they don't know their self on that level. So then they can't meet somebody else there. Yeah. But do you ever have those friends where like there are friends where I'm so deep and vulnerable with like all the time. That's mm-hmm. like, I would say like my natural state, but then like there's those random people in your life that is just like, I don't even want to like tell you a single thing about me. You yep. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even like people I consider friends where I'm like, mm-hmm. our friendship is for her to talk and me to kind of just like, be like, Oh yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and give some advice, like gentle light advice. And like, I just know desire for me to like open up. So there is just like that magic connection of like feeling safe with somebody mm-hmm. and feeling like you guys are on the same like page. I right. Don't know. Yeah. No, you're so right. I have, I, I don't usually really hold on to those kind of friendships. It's like the, the friendships that I put the energy into are the people that I can be in like my natural state with. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think it goes back to, um, understanding again, that friends serve different purposes, Mm -hmm. right? Friends who you could, you know, like for example, me and SD, She's a, she's my, she serves my purpose as my friend where we will call each other on a weekly basis, not only just to kind of catch up with each other, but do like an emotional check-in, you know, vent about our week, um, Mm -hmm. talk about things that may be really impacting our emotional state that week. And she's the only friend that I do this with, right? Mm -hmm. And that really fills my cup with her specifically. 
but maybe for like another friend, right? I might only need to see them once every two to three months. Mm-hmm. I don't really talk to them about the emotional side of things, but maybe this is the friend that I really love traveling with because she's just so chill and, you know, really loves to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so my cup is also filled in that way, just mm-hmm. with a different understanding of that, that friendship. Mm-hmm. That was a really good way to put that. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. that is true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So obviously Brittany, you and I have like a super deep, friendship we've been through so much together and I attribute most of that to you because like I said I learned how to be just like that deeper friend like showing up continuously like from you so um can you share with our listeners how can people create more meaningful friendships yeah absolutely I think I've said this point multiple times but again of course starting off with really asking yourself, okay, you know, what's my definition of friendship? What's my expectation? What am I hoping to gain out of it? Right. And from there, then making sure that your actions follow and show, right. Your responses to those questions. So for me, if my definition of a meaningful friendship is someone that is able to create a safe space, someone that really helps me to grow as a person, help me become the best version of myself, then that means that I am taking steps to get that friendship there. So meaning I will might have to open that door to create those, you know, deep, vulnerable, emotional, uh, you know, conversations in the first place. Um, mm. And understanding that, like you said, SD, they may not be there right off the bat, but giving it a chance to cultivate it to that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think not everyone that you become friends with is going to be your best friend, right? There may be only one common interest that you share, but then you then have to decide, is that going to be an interest that you want to capitalize on? Like, is it going to give you a really big return, right? Even if that interest is something as simple as basketball I don't know right or that's the only thing we have in common or something like that or we watched one tv show that and but the rest of the other tv shows we don't we don't watch or something like that right um I think we can make that conscious decision of like okay you know I I really only see one common interest here however you know what is that going to stop me from trying to figure out how I can you know cultivate it into something a little bit more than that right um And the way you do that is, again, treating it as an investment. I'm going to just do something that shows what my values are as a friend um, and see what comes out of it. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. It goes back to my five points, right, of, you know, choosing quality over quantity, understanding that certain people just don't fill your cup the way other people do, Right. Um, but I think as long as we try to stick with what we find is going to make us feel, I think I'm trying to say that like the way that you create, because, because meaningful is different to everyone. Right. Mm, I'm I'm trying to pinpoint it. So it's like, there's no one correct answer to this Mm. question because everyone fills their cup differently. If yeah. that makes sense. You know what yeah. I mean? That's a good so, 
I don't think there's like one key to like, here's how to have a great connection with someone. Boom, here it is. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. It comes back to you need to define for yourself like what me- that what a meaningful friendship is and then do that thing and be that friend so they have an example of what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Like how you said, like by watching me, SD and observing me, you kind of then cultivated and formed your own definition of like what a f- good friendship and meaningful friendship looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it th- does that make more sense? Yes. And also, it, is it okay if I piggyback off of that? Okay. Yeah. So I feel like the more you get to know yourself, like, you know, when we all met each other in grad school, early twenties. And it's like, now we're kind of, we're the twenties are really hard, but you learn a lot about yourself. And I feel like it's so much easier for me now to know, like when I really click with somebody and when I don't, and a lot of it is just based on like how I feel when I'm with them. And like, do I feel like they get me? Like, not that everybody has to like have the same views and perspectives as you but like are they able to like hear what you're saying and like make you feel heard basically and like validate what you're saying even if they disagree you know even if you have different perspectives that you can like have a discussion on it's not like about having the same views it's about like are they able to like listen and hear you now I'm rambling but did that make sense it did okay it did yeah yeah, no, this has really got me thinking too, just like about what meaningful means to every, mm-hmm. to each person. And like, I think for me, and I think you touched on this, Brittany, like, I definitely think like with one of my old best friends, like I was very codependent. We'd talk every day and like really rely on each other for emotional support. And now mm-hmm. it's like, I'm in therapy like twice a week for like, or at least I have been for majority of this year. And I feel like with friends, it's so much more, there's so much more peace because I can be like, Hey, like, I'm feeling like this. I talked to my therapist about it and like, I'm thinking X, Y, and Z, you know, instead of being like, I'm feeling this way, like help. I'm Mm, like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. getting help already. Mm -hmm. And like, I just want you to know, like, I'm getting help on this one, but this is what I'm going through. And I just like that, like really has helped me with like that more codependent friendship. But yeah, so I'm just thinking about the different layers of meaning. And sometimes like you have, you already have like a bestie that you do, like you can really get that emotional support from, but yeah, now you want like your work bestie to like Mm -hmm. be that person where like you can bond about venting and getting coffee after work or whatever. And just like those different layers of meaning. And it makes me laugh because I'm sure you guys have seen those like reels or TikToks about like a husband coming home to his wife. And she's like, how was hanging with the boys? And he's like, good. And she's like, did, did John tell you who got laid off? And he's like, no. She's like, did, uh, did Rick tell you that like J- Jamie's pregnant? No. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So, like, guys, I think are like a funny example of what they look for in a meaningful friendship. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I think I like what you're, where you're going with that, Izzy, because I think that's the point that I'm really trying to make, which is, you know, you, you sound like the type of person where you love a friendship where your friend kind of acts almost like a sounding board for you, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily there to give you advice or, you know, give you the key to fix all your problems, but more of, you know, here's what I'm thinking. Let's kind of go back and forth. And, you know, so that way I can reflect a little bit more and vice versa for you if there's something that's going on for you, right? And she serves that purpose because you paved, you both paved the pathway there, right? 
Um, and that's how your friendship has, what your friendship has become now. And, you know, now you're talking about like a, a work bestie, right? So then the question is, okay, well, what, what is the ideal work bestie, right? Like, what does it mean to have a meaningful work bestie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, once you're able to pinpoint those specific answers, then your actions and what you do moving forward in that friendship is sh- should be dictating that, right? So if it's, you know, I want a work friendship that I can hang out with even outside of work and not have those boundaries of like, I can only go with them so far because I want to keep it professional, right? Everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Um, then that would be, okay, since I know that that's what I'm looking for in a work bestie, then I'm going to go ahead and make sure that I kind of ask her to hang out like outside of work, or I ask her for her personal phone number. So we're not just messaging on teams at that point, right? Everything that you say and you do, it should be according to what you find would be meaningful in that friendship to then get there. Now, is it always going to turn out the way that you want it to? No, Mm -hmm. right? But that's life and life is unfair. And, you know, it kicks you down and it's, you know, it can be a bitch for lack of better words. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, you get back up and then you realize, okay, well, um, you know, I put in the investment for that. Didn't get my return. That's okay. Because there are so many other people out there who are looking for the same type of connection that I am. Mm-hmm. I just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. It's not going to wait for you. Right. Life doesn't, doesn't just press a pause button whenever you're down and say like, that's okay. I'm going to give you more time. Right. Mm-hmm. You take the time that you need, and then you move forward. Mm-hmm. That's the way that I view life, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how I view friendships. I grieve when I lose a friend for as long as I need to. Mm-hmm. And then I keep my head up and I say, you know what? There are so many other people out there that can fill that same purpose that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Right? I just have to keep on trying. Yeah. And it's like, just just because like a friendship didn't work out the way that you wanted to has nothing to do with like your worthiness as a friend or your worthiness as a person um people just have different values and people like we're never gonna know you know what this person really thinks about us or how they really feel unless you're able to have that kind of like connection with someone to where you you know that like every everything is open um but like when trying to like build friendships with people and then it doesn't work out, it's like you never really know because you didn't get to that point of being a deep friend with them. And so it can be like, it can be hard, but yeah, it's never about you almost like in relationships too, you know? Yeah. And it's, I, I just remember my other point actually that I was trying to make about the meaningful friendships Oh yay. is um, confrontation. So I think confrontation is definitely like a tricky path to navigate. I think the majority of people, they have a really hard time with the idea of like, okay, here's what the problem is. This is how you're making me feel. And the reason why that happens is because they're worried of losing that person, right? Or changing that friendship from where it is right now. And for me, I'm actually on like the complete opposite side of the spectrum where I, in, in the beginning, I would actually even intentionally almost try to start fights. And it was almost a little bit of a toxic trait of mine, right? But I think once I stepped back and I understood why I did it, I realized that when we confront, we are also opening the door to, okay, here's me 
on a plate, right? You're getting the whole platter now, right? Let's see how well you respond to that. Um, as opposed to like little servings as we go through life, right? It's kind of like, here I am. Are you going to accept me? Are you going to reject me? Right. Um, and that's a really vulnerable place to be for a lot of people, right? Because um, you just don't know how that person's going to respond when you confront them. However, I think it also limits your ability to get to a certain point with them because you're now withholding really key integral parts of your identity, right? And if they don't know those parts of you, then really, do they truly know who you are as a person, right? Do they know you inside and out if you withhold all the time? So for me, you know, I'll sometimes get asked like, oh, do you fight often with your friends? The answer is mm, not often, but I'm not afraid to fight with them either, right? Um, if that point comes and we have an argument, then we'll just resolve it as it comes. Um, but it's not something that scares me because I think kind of like relationships as well, right? You kind of have a honeymoon phase and you're, everything's kind of blissful and you're kind of ignorant at that point to all the, the flags that are coming up in the relationship. Right. Um, and then as you like get, you date for a longer period of time, you get to know them, then you start seeing like, oh, wow, like those are things that I'm really not comfortable with, right? But then it comes to, you always hear like communication is key in relationships and you have to speak up for like what your needs are. The same thing goes for a friendship, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to get to that point of like how comfortable you can be in a relationship with a significant other, the same way you want to be with your friends and you have to break that, right? Mm -hmm. That wall of like, you know what? Yeah, they're probably not going to potentially respond the way that I want them to. Um, mm -hmm. But if they end up, they do end up responding that way. Um, wow. Look at how much our friendship has grown at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Confrontation takes you further. And I was thinking that when you two were talking about like your friendship being worth it to you to have those fights. Cause like, I can relate to that in like relationships myself where like there have been times where I'm having fights and I'm like, this is so annoying. I just want to walk away. This is so stupid. I don't care. But then there's been those fights where I'm like, this is productive. I want to be here that I care about this. Like this will make us stronger, mm -hmm. um, which are more of what I've been having as of late, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which is like a good sign to me. Um, and then I also just want to like give a shout out to, April who also went to graduate school with all of us um because there have been like definitely a few points in our friendship where she's like given me feedback or like confronted me and um well yeah it kind of puts that pit in your stomach and you're like oh shit like what did I do I'm so you know you just want everything to be better it has shown me that she really cares about our friendship because if she didn't care she would just mm -hmm. keep her feelings to herself and she wouldn't she would just distance herself from me but she has like shown up and told mm -hmm. me how she was feeling so that I could actually make an, an actionable change mm -hmm. and we could move forward stronger. So I think that conversation is really good in friendships and romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And right. I think like, I think it makes people more comfortable or at least me, cause I'm like with Brittany, I never have to wonder, mm -hmm. did I offend her? Did I say something that like, she didn't like her? Did I make her mad? Like she'll tell me straight up. So I never have to be confused about it. And that makes me feel like safe in our friendship. And also, that. yes. And I also love confrontation because I just not, not because I don't, I don't like fighting, but like, I like putting things out there so that you can fix it. Kind of like you right. said, like, so that you can take the action to fix them. And when people 
are like are not able to do confrontation or if they meet confrontation with like being very defensive and are not even willing to like hear your side of it like that's like a big flag to me that I'm like okay you're not someone I can be friends with because I need friends that we can if we do something that bothers the other person like I I want them to be able to come to me and I want to be able to go to them and say hey like this bothered me and they be able to like understand it and hear it, give me their perspective and we like work through it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such a good point. It shows mm-hmm. you that another layer to somebody mm-hmm. where you can really see how they react. Mm-hmm. And hopefully like learn from it of like, okay, this one thing was brought up, but then hopefully going forward, you have that deeper understanding and then hopefully it just, everything goes better. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you closure at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you were to slowly distance yourself, no one really ever says how they're feeling Mm -hmm. back on the friendship years later. And you're like, wow, like, I wonder if like what the future of that friendship would have been had I just said how I felt. Right. Or like, I'll never know what she was thinking because I never asked. Right. Because I was too afraid to ask. And Mm then that may end up impacting your future friendships as well. Right. So I think it's kind of like, I think in life taking that approach of, you know what, I'm just going to jump off the cliff and Mm. hope that I land. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, I might break a few bones here and there and it Mm -hmm. way down really rough and scary, but if I can pick myself up back up at the end of it, right. Then it'll have been worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I think, I love that I'm hearing the both of you say, like, you're looking back on previous relationships and like understanding certain things. And I'm hearing you guys say things like, you know, I know that I want a friendship like this, da, 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 da. you know, like you're able to list those things. And I think mm-hmm. take a moment and really like appreciate yourselves for that. Cause I think it's a hard thing to say. It's a hard thing to admit, like, I need a friend who's going to be like this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really speaking up for your own needs, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a, it deserves acknowledgement. You know, mm-hmm. that was beautiful. Yeah, thanks, Brittany. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so yeah, talking about meaningful friendships. Um, and I remember when I met you, you and I had like conversations about this before. But um, you know, I met you at San Diego State University, which is a predominantly white college. We were entering the field of speech language pathology, which again is like ninety nine percent white people. So what has your experience been making friends with people who maybe don't understand your background or? So great question, Esty. I think growing up, I've always been raised um, in communities, going to schools where there were a lot of Asian people surrounding me. And I really didn't have a lot of experience with other, you know, making friendships with other types of races and other cultures. And then I enter speech language pathology and I'm like, wait a second, there's only a couple of Asians in here. Right. Um, and I, you know, it was definitely kind of like a shock for me. And thankfully, I don't think there was ever a point that I was like, oh, I feel like an outcast or I feel like people don't understand where I'm coming from. If anything, I think I've only had positive experiences um, in the field when it comes to my colleagues, my coworkers, 
you know, um, now in terms of the friendships, I think it's more of just continuing to be open-minded, I think. And something that I've realized is actually funny enough, food is like a really big way of connection. I think when it comes mm -hmm. to navigating friendships for me with other races and other cultures. And I think it, that's because food is something that's really easy to break the ice with. Like, oh, like I'll bring my lunch and it's something that I've cooked that was, you know, Vietnamese, um, you know, like a Vietnamese cuisine or something like that. And I'll get all these questions about it, right? And then I kind of use that as a point to kind of segue into like, have you guys ever eaten at this restaurant? It's a, it serves all Vietnamese dishes. Like you've never tried this. Oh my gosh. Like we should totally, I'm going to take you there. I'm going to order for you. It's going to be great. Right. So I kind of almost use our, our differences to then pave the way for, you know, I'm going to try to get to know you and then see where this friendship could go. I don't think I've ever fortunately have ever have had a, an experience where I felt like someone made me feel like I didn't belong here. Mm. Mm hmm. Well, it's good. I'm glad you didn't have that. Experience. Yeah, I'm really glad to hear that as well. White people need to be a safe space for friends of different backgrounds, mm -hmm. you know, because be aware, like educate ourselves on on issues that our friends of color or Asian American friends might face, and mm -hmm. so that we're not gaslighting them or further perpetuating harm onto them mm -hmm. as a friend, right? So, Brittany, congratulations on being a newlywed. We're curious, how have you maintained your friendships when entering a new romantic relationship or the next step in your relationships? It's just like when you and Ryan moved in together, getting married. Yeah, well, thank you. First off, um, it's been wonderful being married. Um, second of all, I think I've been very lucky again to have a partner that is so supportive and understanding of why my friendships mean so much to me the way that they do. That being said, I think he and I both equally value our friendships. Um, and so a way that we try to make sure that we have time and space for them as well as for ourselves, actually this year we made a goal of we're going to alternate every month taking turns like saving one weekend that's designated for us and no one else and then planning like a date night for that person um and that gives us you know there's only what three to four weekends in a month right so that gives us like one of the weekends to give us that time and then the rest of the weekends we can either choose like okay are we going to hang out with friends you know go on vacation whatever it is right mm -hmm. but I think, um the other thing we try to do is if we know that um, we're not going to have any days off that on, you know, on the weekday, I do try to, for example, like plan my hangouts with friends, like on the weekdays, like after like grabbing dinner after work, that way I can save a little bit more of that time on the weekend for, for him. Mm -hmm. um, um, the other part is sometimes we will even just split up like what we do. So for example, let's say um, on Saturday, we have, you know, we were invited to two events, um, but we also want to make time for ourselves, right? So we're like, ah, oh, like, do we take that time to ourselves and go on a date? Do we go to our friends' hangouts? What do we do? So sometimes we actually end up like we'll split. So like we'll show up for each of our friends in our own ways, and then 
what we do is maybe we put like a cap, like, okay, let's be home by a certain time or, you know, on Sunday, let's make sure that we don't have anything else to do. Maybe we'll move the errands to like Monday night after work or something like that. So we at least have Sunday together. Right. So I think it's all about approaching it as a partnership. His friends are my friends. My friends are his friends. And we try to blend our group of friends together as much as possible. So we're still spending time together, but then also with our individual groups of friends as well. And it's worked out very well up until this point. I think. Mm-hmm. Like all wow. of my friends have met Ryan and vice mm-hmm. versa. Um, so yeah. Honestly, that is so true. And it's something I've noticed about Ryan um, more than like any of my other friends, significant others, is that he really does treat your friends, myself included, as his friends. Like he will go out of his way to do something for us that he would do for a friend. Like I remember when I was visiting you in San Diego one time and I was getting my brows laminated and you, I think you had to go into work and he was working from home and I had like a client or two that I like had to see in the morning. And Ryan was like, oh, like, what are you, you know, what are you doing today? And I told him I had a brow appointment. He's like, oh, I'll just, um, I'll just drive you. And it was like super far from where you guys lived. And he was working. And I was like, no, like you're working. Like, it's fine. I'll just Uber. And he was like, no, no, no. no. Like I'll, I'll take you there. And I was like this, like that he's so thoughtful and like considerate. And like you said, he knows how much that you value your friendships. And so he puts in just as much effort that he does with, you know, that he probably does with his friends as well. So yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I'm so glad you say that because Ryan's going to be so happy when he listens to this podcast episode. Oh, Um, hi, Ryan. (laughs) I think it's like sitting down and having that talk with your partner of like what friendships mean to you, Mm -hmm. especially such an integral part of your life, right? This is what is important to me. My friendships are also part of my needs. And it just so happens that Ryan is very understanding of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, for any listeners out there, right, who are kind of, having difficulty balancing both I think it's then maybe it's time to sit down and have a conversation of like this is realistically what I would want like this much time for my friendships or like if this were to happen you know this is what I think the outcome would be and I hope that you can be understanding of that right and kind of coming to a compromise because it, it really is all about um, making sure that you know although not necessarily equally fair right that that both people's needs are being met at the end of the day to some extent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. And you guys sound like such a cute couple. Thank you. We're here. We're at the last question. Last question. All right, Brittany, we would love to hear from you on what you believe the key to connection is. Um, Oh my gosh. I wanted to answer this question so badly because SD already like, included part of my response and her responses earlier in the podcast Um, and and you did and so I was like ah this is why we're friends we're the same person Um, but really I think the key to connection is listening to understand not listening to give advice Um, I said it before that I've always played that role of being a therapist being that coach And because of that, sometimes I almost automatically assume the responsibility of, oh, because I'm their friend, I need to make sure that they're the best version of themselves always. And for, it took me a long time to take a step back and say, wait a second, 
my definition of what's the best version of someone is completely subjective. And again, I do not hold the gold standard for that, right? What they truly believe is the best version of themselves is their own version. And what I believe is something different. And who am I to judge whether that version of themselves that they see is good or bad or the best, right? Um, so I've really learned how to take a step back from giving advice and really just listening. And I think there are two friends in particular that I think I've really learned this from, and that would be Esty and that would be Jen. And I think they've both taught me how to be a lot more empathetic and just listen and validate as opposed to, well, what I think you should do or what I think you should consider is this. And I disagree because of this, mm -hmm. right? Um, because at the end of the day, if their response to me is, oh yeah, that's a good point. Does it really, does that response really show me that I really validated them? Did I make them feel seen? Did I make them feel mm -hmm. heard? Not really, right? There's a difference between that response and Brittany, thank you so much for listening, right? I really appreciate that you allowed me to vent about that, right? Um, so sometimes things aren't really stated verbally, right? It's really listening to their tone, um, you know, if they're normally like a really talkative person, then all of a sudden they're giving you single word responses, even though they're saying it's okay. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not really okay. Right. So mm -hmm. it ties into like, I think validation builds trust, right? Mm -hmm. And when someone feels validated, they feel seen, they feel heard. I think that's the foundation of a good friendship and connections in life. I think are all about the relationships we form with other people, friendships, relationships, right? Mm -hmm. all ties into, into each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's such an important point that I think is really hard for a lot of people to just like, listen, you know, mm -hmm. hard for me for sure. And also like, you know, as speech language pathologists, we're the experts on communication, but like listening to you talk, I'm like, oh yeah, like there's all these nuances that I could be implementing as an expert on communication, like in my friendships. And like, I just hear you say that, like, oh, I listen to their tone of voice and how many word responses they're giving and, you know, like all mm -hmm. of these different cues. And yeah, again, it just goes to show you're like a very good communication therapist, uh, counselor and therapist. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I I'm still learning, you know, and my friendships, I mean, my, my friends fortunately are, I think for the most part, pretty comfortable with calling me out if I overstep, which I, I will sometimes do because I'm definitely not perfect. Right. Um, but hopefully my, some of my points, you know, resonate with some of your listeners out there that are struggling with friendships, because I think friendships can be so beautiful. And I think it's such a lonely life to live without meaningful friendships. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think, again, treat them like investments, What you put into it is what you get out. Um, and yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad we got to have you. Of mm -hmm. course, I've, I've heard so much about your friendship, you and Esty's friendship and like how you are as a friend, just like through Esty, but now to really get to hear from you has been super special and exciting. And I, you know, I totally get it. Like you guys are just super awesome. So yeah. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you so much. That was a beautiful note to end on. Yay. I'm so glad. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Key to Connection podcast. You can connect with us on Instagram at the Key to Connection podcast. DM us if you'd like to join in on the conversation or have an idea for our next topic or guest. Tune in on Thursdays for new episodes.